one and all, we are glad you're with us today. Beautiful Monday. The 27th of June. I can't even believe that we are a week away from July 4th. Holy mackerel. Uh, June has been a weird weather month because normally it's, uh, once you get into the third week of June, it's pretty much perfect all the way through. And uh, we've had up and down. Yesterday was a little bit on the cooler side, if you want to say 72, 73, but really strong winds yesterday and such. And, uh, you know, today is picture perfect and it's going to get hotter throughout the weekend. But now you got Summerfest, just a little bit of rain over the weekend. It didn't really dampen what Summerfest had going on. The three weekends in a row is a little goofy, but okay. So be it. I guess we'll get used to it. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Sauces, rubs, hot sauces, veteran-owned and right here in the state of Wisconsin. If you want to check it out, go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Good people over there. Um, Today... In case you did not know, and I saw it over on Twitter today, nine years ago today, and it's all worked out. Nine years ago today, Giannis was drafted. Remember that day? Ben, do you remember that at all? I remember it, maybe for slightly different reasons. Why is that? That was, well, it was back when I was living somewhere else. That was the Michael Carter-Williams draft for us in Philadelphia. Gotcha. Okay. What was your first thought when the Bucks picked Giannis? Um, the only reason I have a different view of that is because at the time, remember, John Hammond was the general manager. And I had seen John down at Calderon Club because uh, a lot of the guys eat down there. So I saw John down there. And this was a while ago. And we were talking about, you know, talents up and coming. And he said that there was a couple of different guys that he kind of looked at. And he said, there's this kid out of Greece. He said, man, it's just uh, really impressive. Uh, and he, he called him Giannis, but he didn't really pronounce his last name the way we pronounce it today. Kumpo. I mean, he was like struggling with it and I'll, I'll never forget the conversation. And John said, you know, it's, it's a kid uh, pretty interesting. And he just, it wasn't like he said they were going to take him, but you could clearly tell that he was enamored with him. And the one thing that he had said about him is he said, there is no glass ceiling. This kid has no ceiling. It's just forever. He's that good. And I thought, oh, okay. Because you don't get that from general managers very much. You don't get that insight. General managers want to keep everything close to the best. And I never, um, and, and I had seen John numerous times. So we would have these off-the-cuff conversations. And it was information for myself. It was the same when Mike Sherman used to do the same thing. I used to get a chance to talk to Mike Sherman. Uh, outside uh, Lambeau Field, and we would talk. And there's just some things you don't reveal. But what you do is when things begin to happen, then at least you have the knowledge to say, okay, this is the reason they did what they did or the way they feel how, how they feel. So John Hammond had kind of given me a couple of times indications that they really like this kid. So when the draft came about and they chose him, I'm like, ah, okay. You know, now I now he I, he liked him much better than even he had, had kind of let on. Uh, so when I had John on the air, 
I was asking him about it, and he started to tell me a little bit more about this kid named Giannis and about how impressive he was and how they can put muscle on him and change his physique. And his, his growth plate was still showed the availability for more, you know, more, more growth in his maturity. And I'm like, mm, okay, now I get it. Because that was the thing. Giannis, when he was drafted, I think he was like 6'9", 6'10", is what they labeled him at. Now he's over seven foot, so he grew a couple more inches by the time that uh, just uh, as they had thought he would. So, yeah, it was when I drafted him, I was kind of like, okay, I hope he pans out because we had seen this before because uh, it was Xi Yang, Yang Lian, the, the guy from uh, China that they picked up and he was supposed to be this growth guy and he was going to come in and be this challenger in the middle and, and, and he just never really panned out to be anything more than what he was and never grew. So you always come into it. Anytime it's an NBA draft, you always look at it with a lot of skepticism because you just never know where the next superstar is going to, going to show up. But I'll, I'll say this. I didn't think in John Hammond, thank God for John Hammond to have that insight, but you know, to take that 18-year-old skinny kid from Greece with the 15th overall pick. But I did not think, uh, I'll admit, I didn't think Giannis had this in him when they brought him in. And then when you get a chance to to know the backstory about how John Hammond basically had to become kind of a father figure. And then the Bucks stepped up. They did the right thing. They brought his family in. They were housing. I think they were housing his family and, and making sure that he was okay because uh, Giannis was pretty homesick when he was first drafted and John had to really become a father figure to him and then sit with him almost on a daily basis. And between John and Jason Kidd, and they took him places and got him dinners and had a lot of deep, long conversations with him, and just to keep him happy. Um, because he, I, there was at one point, I think he wanted to, wanted to leave. Said, just, this isn't going to be for me, but wanted to leave. But yeah, nine years ago today, Giannis, Giannis comes into the fold. So there you go. Does that give you a little better insight? Yeah, I mean, it's everybody, I feel like everyone chiming in has said the same thing. When he was first picked, everyone said, who? Like, they yeah. they did what? And then many also thought, oh, he'll probably never end up playing. Right. Like many right. of the European, you know, picks Correct. that end up not coming over to the NBA. So, yeah, it's, it, yep. it's interesting. Yep, absolutely correct. You know, you just never thought that he would get like this. You know, just it, it was, you know, just never thought it would be this big. I mean, you thought, well, maybe he's got this shot at being this, you know, inside player. But could he be like a Dirk Nowitzki and be that kind of a, a provider at that size and what have you? And just never thought of this. But, yeah, 18-year-old skinny kid from Greece. 15th overall pick, 2013 NBA draft, and now look where we are today. Giannis led this team to a championship, and uh, they're, they've been right there via the postseason pretty much over the last five, six years, and we've just watched his development. So it's been it's been impressive. It's been impressive. What's funny about that draft is, I mean, really nobody panned out except for C.J. McCollum in Portland. Mm -hmm. Maybe right. throw in Oladipo. He's been solid, but that was Anthony Bennett who ended up doing nothing. You have Cody Zeller, Otto Porter, Alex Len, Nerlens Noel, 
Like most of those guys, just Nerlens Noel didn't we become talk about a bust. Oh man, talk about a bust. Nerlens Noel. Oh my goodness. Everybody thought that he was just going to be the end all be all, and it just never saw it happen. Bucks legend Tony happen? Snell went later in that draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so again, 877-867-1670. Um, the, uh, speaking of things that are happening in the world of um, the NBA, uh, sources are saying Kyrie Irving has requested and received permission from the Nets to find a sign-in trade offer from another team. Kevin Durant still hasn't spoken to the Nets front office yet. Russell Westbrook to Brooklyn remains unlikely, as they are saying. Um, This is from Christian Winfield. Christian Winfield uh, covering the Brooklyn Nets, but uh, covered the Nets and the NBA. So Kyrie wanting out. Is Kyrie, where is Kyrie going to be happy? Where is Kyrie going to be happy? That's what I'd like to know. Kyrie's unhappy everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes. You know one team I saw thrown out there that would make for tremendous television? The Lakers. Oh, I've seen the Lakers talked about uh, that a couple of times. Um, I just, uh, Billy says, uh, what about bringing him to the Bucks? He would be the missing piece. No. No, yes! I, no, 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 no. If you could just get his talent, yes, but unfortunately he comes as a package. It's funny because the Bleacher Report uh, says people very close to the situation believe Kyrie Irving trying to join the Lakers. LeBron says he's open to the possibility. Who gives two S's about what LeBron says? And are, do are, if you're the Lakers, do you still have to kiss his ass? LeBron's a good player, but he's not the way he was a decade ago. Let's be honest. Still hard. Don't get me wrong. Don't act like I'm bashing LeBron. But LeBron is not winning it by himself anymore. LeBron can't put that team by himself anymore in the postseason. So <laughs> Le- LeBron needs help. Never admit it, but he needs help. Do we do we look at LeBron's legacy? Suppose LeBron retired after next year. Do we look at LeBron's legacy as one of the best ever or as a guy who never really achieved everything he could achieve because he could not win it without going to super teams? Now, he got the Cleveland Cavaliers to an NBA Finals with a bunch of dudes and then had to come back and win it with Kevin Love and company. So you could kind of say he won one of those on his own because Kevin Love was a contributor, but he he was he's no Pippin, we'll say. But do we look at LeBron and say, yeah, you've got all those championships, that's great, but you couldn't win one with just you. You couldn't win it a la, as we put it, like Michael or what have you. But then again, look at those Laker teams with Magic and Kareem and you start to get in, and, and Byron Scott, you start to look at those teams. And then you go back and say, well, Bird didn't win it without Mikhail and without his, his, his army. 
You know, you look at any NBA champion, and it's always taken two or three significant players to win championships. We're sitting here talking about, well, the the Bucks weren't going to be able to win it without Middleton. Steph doesn't win it without his supporting cast. But people want to kind of hold LeBron to a higher standard. Do we look at LeBron as this? Uh, maybe you could look at LeBron and say, with your talent, you should have won more. But you would go for four years, destroy an organization, and then leave. And then go four years, destroy an organization, and then leave. This will be the first time he stayed more than four years in an organization, but it's destroyed. They've done anything and everything they possibly could to win. They've traded away everything. They've gotten veterans. They've gotten older. They've gotten broken down. They haven't won anything since a couple of years ago. And they've won one. It's again. You, you come into the organization, you build it up, you win a championship, and then it all all fades away, and then off LeBron goes to the next to the next uh, to the next team. Uh, Rick says LeBron's production by himself is just a bunch of empty calories. It's a good way to put it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisconsinites and those that surround the area, you know what I'm talking about. We're not pretentious. We're not snooty. Midwestern charm and values, that's what we have. And that's exactly what Forgotten Fire Winery in Peshtigo, that's what they're all about. And they have said it. Uh, I have been there. I've seen it up close and personal. Fun in a bottle. You like ice in your wine? Put ice in your wine. You like ciders with some zip? There you go. They got them. You want to you have white wine with steak? Oh, my God, is that a faux pas? Ah, go ahead. They don't care. Uh, they're without attitude. All kinds of uh, just fun. That's what they want to do. You can find their full line of wines and ciders and such and in their tasting room, by the way, right there in Pestico, or in liquor and grocery stores and wine stores all throughout the state. And if they don't carry forgotten fire wines, then get the hell out of there. Tell them they should and get the hell out of there. The winery, great place for a getaway for wine and cider tastings, live music, private events as well. Anytime is a great time for my friends over there at Forgotten Fire Wines and Ciders. And I am taking a jug, a big old jug. Uh, we leave not this weekend, but next weekend. Uh, big old jug uh, of the uh, the cider from Forgotten Fire Winery. Oh, can't wait. You may see some really crazy video from the uh, the deck overlooking the lake. Uh, out of yours truly, Ben. I would uh, I would pay attention to some Facebook that week because every now and then it can get weird. Just saying. Go to forgottenfirewinery.com. That is forgottenfirewinery.com. Again, forgottenfirewinery.com. Uh, let's do this. Let's talk some Brewers baseball. Our buddy Will Salmon uh, hanging out with us today. Will, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Doing pretty well on my end. 
Well, let me ask you this. With uh, the weekend that was and the fact that they've won six out of their last nine, they're hitting the baseball, it seems like things are getting a little bit better in the health department. Give me your – have they put the train back on the tracks? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I think that they are they are who they kind of are. Like, they're always going to be a team that's going to have to pitch better than, than most teams. Um, they haven't quite done that as frequently as you'd expect them to or want them to. But a lot of that's because of injury. Um, some of it's poor performance as well. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. Um, but what we weren't seeing and, like, what we what we finally saw the last, like, handful of days is the offense kind of bailing them out, like, when the pitching performance has not been up to their standard. For instance, like yesterday, for that matter, Chichi Gonzalez gives up three runs before the Brewers are even able to take a turn at bat. And they win that game in a blowout. Um, That's not something that we've seen frequently um, really at all this year from the Brewers. So um, that was a good sign that 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 it's in there and that these guys have that ability. And, you know, I think some of it's real. Like, these guys, they they have a pretty competent lineup. Like, we've talked about it before where there aren't, like, too many guys that jump out and who are going to lead the all-star balloting uh, or anything like that. But one through nine, they, they have some pretty competent bats. It's just a matter of, like, are they going to do enough offensively each day? Um, and they are they going to get to that total of, like, four or five runs? Because once they get to there, um, they've, they've proven that they're going to win games more often than not. What, uh, what do you think of the pitching staff? Now, we know Freddie Peralta is not coming back anytime soon, but give me your thoughts regarding mm-hmm. the pitching staff as they continue to get healthy. Yeah, a lot of it depends on how Woodruff looks uh, Tuesday. Uh, he's supposed to make his first start back um, from being on the IL first with the uh, the ankle injury that with Raynon syndrome. So that's a big one because what you get out of him may dictate like how good you feel about the pitching staff as a whole and what you can do maybe before the trade deadline. Because if he's pitching well and if he's on track and if he's showing signs of you know, maintaining health and dealing with what he has to deal with as far as his pitches go, um, then you're in okay shape, I feel like, because you're you're expected to get Aaron Ashby as well pretty soon. Um, he's, face, he's supposed to, or he was scheduled to face some live hitters today at some point on their off day, so um, eager to hear how that goes. Um, and so that they're kind of in wait-and-see mode to kind of see what they get out of those two guys because other than that, really, you have Corbin Burns and, you know, Eric Lauer and Adrian Hauser each over their last six starts have a, had 60 RAs, and that's just not getting the job done. So um, I think a lot of it, obviously, it's a wait and see to see how Woodruff and Ashby perform, and that will dictate how you feel and what you can do uh, before the trade deadline. Uh, looking at the rest of the they, they DFA, uh, Lorenzo Kane. we know that he was kind of considering ending his career anyway this year. So the fact that they get rid of him and now they've got this, this uh, I guess, group of guys that can kind of fill that position, be bats in that lineup. Uh, I know it was a tough decision, but for the most part, it was the right one. What kind of leadership, though, do they lose in that clubhouse, if any? Well, uh, Lorenzo was more or less a, a quiet type of guy um when he's like one of those guys that when he spoke up and he did speak up at times um and when he did it mattered it held it held a lot of weight and it was because he needed to uh like there was something going on that warranted his voice um but i think more or less he was a guy that 
younger players, whether it was Tyrone Taylor or whoever, they looked up to because of just the way he played the game in the sense that you knew that he was giving it his all when he, when he suited up to play, like whether he was hundred percent or not, wasn't part of the equation. Like he was at his best, he was going to play through injury. He was going to give you everything he had every single game. And, and that's something that people respect. And um, that goes a long way with leadership. So uh, he'll be missed in that sense. Um, but like you said, Bill, like this was something that kind of had to be done and everybody sort of expected it at some point, um, pretty much right around when they did it. That was the day that people kind of circled as to, okay, if it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen now because there just, there just weren't any signs that he was unfortunately going to get going offensively. Um, and, and they definitely needed more than what they were getting there. And so far it's been okay. Like they, they played Tyrell Taylor there a bunch. He's pretty much the center fielder, but with Hunter Renfro out, they're able to play Jonathan Davis a little bit more and put Davis in center field with Renfro, slide, uh, excuse me, Taylor sliding over in right field for Renfro. So right now that's how it is, but there's certainly room to upgrade the outfield as well. Looking at uh, Christian Yelich and what he's been doing ever since he went into the leadoff role, give me your thoughts there because he has been, it's like he's just found this breath of fresh air in a leadoff position where he, I don't know why, whether or not he just doesn't feel pressure or what, or he's just trying to hit to get on now. But it certainly has really not only boosted his average and his OPS, but it seems like he's a lot more confident at the plate. Yeah, um, it's better. It's definitely better than what it was. There, there were still a couple of games there where, you know, you wish he would have gotten, came through with a hit. There was that one game in particular where he he uh, was the last at-bat of the game and, and didn't come through for them. But then the next day he did have, a, I think, a couple of hits or some, some really good at-bats at least. So um, he's been a little bit more consistent in some areas, particularly with just, like, racking up hits. We haven't seen, like, the slug or the power kind of come back at all uh, much. It's been better. Um, you know, he has a couple of home runs since moving to the leadoff spot. Um, still, it's not there like it was a few years ago, and I'm not sure if it will be. But, yeah, I think he, he's the numbers are improved. Um, I think he's kind of gravitated to the spot a little bit. I don't know if, like, you know, do you, if you move him back to third, does all of a sudden, like, he stop producing? I, I would hope not. I don't. I don't think that, like, you know, conceptually that makes a lot of sense, but I think right now that they'll probably leave him where he is just because things are working. Um, I think it'll alleviate some stress uh, not being in the middle of the order. I don't want to speak for him, um, but just like looking at it, uh, taking him out of the equation and just looking at it from like, if it was anybody, like you're seeing the pitcher kind of before he gets into a groove, like you're seeing him first at bat, first at bat of the game before he's settling in. And that could be advantageous to a batter. Um, so there's that aspect. Um, and like you said, just anecdotally, I think that if you look at him at the plate, he's a little bit more aggressive. Um, he's swinging earlier. He's swinging a lot more frequently. Um, and it helps that he's getting the results. Because I think like when you could like place results on top of each other, you start to get into a better groove at the plate and just start to feel better about yourself. And that's what we're seeing more or less. Talking with Will Salmon of The Athletic, covers the Milwaukee Brewers. You can find him on Twitter, at Will Salmon, S-A-M-M-O-N. So when when they get Colton Wong back, do you put Wong back in the leadoff spot, or do you leave him, you put him down further in the lineup, and then when Urias goes back to third and you have your full complement of infield the way it was supposed to be at the beginning of the season, do you feel better, or do you feel a little nervous because the averages uh, of those guys collectively have not necessarily been good? 
Yeah, you know, that was a question that I had asked Craig Council a couple of weeks ago when we first thought that Colton Wong was going to come back quicker um, from his injury. Uh, he actually ended up having a setback, and so, like, that became moot for a while, but now it's the question um, that's back to relevance because Colton Wong is supposed to come back tomorrow. So, yeah, I, I think that you probably leave Yelich there and you basically just swap Wong for Jace Peterson. They're both left-handed back. So where Jace Peterson usually bats in the lineup, which is usually like somewhere in the lower third, um, I would probably slot Colton Wong there for now and just kind of see how things play out uh, just because you maintain the same balance anyway with, like I said, them being left-handed batters. Um, and you're not like swat, swapping one for the other side where you have to mix and match a little bit. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I think, it, I mean, you feel better about it um, just because like those are your guys. Um, you need more consistency from Colton Wong defensively. Um, he, uncharacteristically, he's had a handful of errors this year, so you hope that um, he gets on track there. Um, but this is them at their best as far as the infield goes. They still are going to miss Renfro and his power production. But as far as the infield, um, this is their ideal situation. This is what they wanted heading into the season. We really haven't seen a whole lot of it because whether it was Arias or, or Adamas or Wong, um, each of them have kind of taken turns on the IL a little bit. So we haven't really seen the full complement. I, I, it's a good thing for them. It's just they need more consistency in some areas um, before you start to, you know, point to that as like a, a reason for them to get on a hot streak or anything. Here's something to think about. Maybe do an article on this. Has a team ever won the World Series with zero, zero all-stars other than coming out of the pitching staff? Unless you know that answer. You know, yeah, I don't know that answer. That's a good question, and that could be their reality. Uh, very much so. Um, it's a very interesting point. Yeah, it's, you know, last year we looked at some offensive numbers um, midway through the season, and things got better for them offensively um, after we looked at it naturally. Um, but they were on track to be, like, one of the worst offensive teams to, to like, win a division, I think it was, or something like that. So, yeah, there, there's a little bit of precedent there. Um, but, yeah, I definitely would be interested to find out. Oh, that's a, that's a good call. Well, always good to talk to you, my friend. We certainly appreciate it. Keep on doing what you're doing, and we'll talk again soon, okay? Yep, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. Will Salmon of The Athletic. You can read his stuff right there uh, at Will underscore Salmon, S-A-M-M-O-N, at Will underscore Salmon. Join us on the hotline. Always good to get a chance to talk, chat with him. Good, good stuff. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Without any, think about that. Without any all-stars of your eight position players, because the Brewers aren't going to get any, let's face it. Not going to happen. Not unless suddenly Brewers fans just start stuffing the ballot box like crazy. Ain't going to happen. So you're going to have pitchers, but you're not going to have an all-star in a position. Has a team ever won a World Series not having an all-star at one of those eight positions? And do you think this team is capable without any all-stars of winning a World Series? 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Big Sunday coming up. This Sunday, not only is NASCAR in the Xfinity Series, they're ready to kind of infiltrate Road America because they had a nice race in Nashville yesterday. Now they're coming north. Everybody's coming north, right? Everybody's getting here. But on Sunday morning, I'm going to be with the people from Quick Trip, and I get a chance to give away the brand-new 2022 Camaro SS. Cannot wait. 
Cannot wait. Good people at Quick Trip. It's a Quick Trip 250. Looking forward to it. Also, they are celebrating Dairy Days with some great savings. Right now for a limited time, Nature's Touch Milk, non-fat, 1%, 2% fresh from the dairy. On sale, just $2.99 a gallon. Nature's Touch. By the way, okay, I'll tell you this. I, I made a mistake. I have to admit this. I bought some milk from one of the big box grocery stores about two weeks ago. Okay, and I love milk at night. Always have. But I bought a half gallon. And I was gone. I was in Rice Lake for a couple of days. We all know that last week. And then I got home. I got home, went to take a swig of the milk. Oh, my God. I don't know what it is, what Quick Trip does, because it's so fresh and they do everything right there in-house. It's like their milk is nuclear. It stays fresh for weeks. It's good stuff. Check out our friends from Quick Trip. They just got the best. They, they are the best. Thank God they're right here in our own backyard. Right here in Wisconsin. Good stuff from our friends at Quick Trip and cannot wait to give that car away this coming Sunday. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you're driving past Albanese's Roadhouse on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield, right next to Menards, you're going to see people out there doing the bocce ball thing over there. Uh, yeah, bocce ball this coming uh, tonight, uh, this coming Wednesday night, too. So if you're looking to uh, play a little bocce ball, get in a league, get your team together, whatever it happens to be, get a hold of my buddy Joey at Albanese's Roadhouse. And also, as we start to creep in on the uh, State Fair season, don't forget that when you're at the Wisconsin State Fair, look for Albanese's Roadhouse at the fair. Good Italian food at the fair. There you go. Good stuff. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Good stuff about the Brewers. A lot of good things to uh, kind of look forward to at this point. But uh, without having without having an all-star in one of your starting eight positions, do you think this team wins a World Series. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Just throwing it out there. That's all. Um, This one's from Stan. Stan says, hey, unit, uh, big weekend. Brewers get a couple of wins, and my family bought me an icy machine. Throwback to the olden days as a kid. Love it. Sat on the patio, had the ices, put a little tequila in there. Oh, what a weekend. <laughs> All right. I do remember the old Icy Machines. There was, um, is Icy still a thing, right? Ben, are Icy still a thing? I think so. Yeah. I think so, too. at like 7-Eleven. There you go. 7-Elevens. Uh, but I know they have like the slushies or whatever they are. I don't know specifically. I know that they make something similar at Sonic. They have like the the blue and the red and the different colored, you know, kind of the slushy, so to speak. But the actual icy, I don't know if they still have the icy machine. I, I don't know. They used to have it. Um, there was a place called Don Hattings. Uh, oddly enough, it was called Quick Trip. K W I K T R I P. 
uh, back when I grew up as a kid. It was down the street, but it was a little mom and pop. Don Hatting was a uh, a grocery guy who started his own convenience stores. And this is before the days of the drive through with the gas stations. These were just little corner convenience stores. And it was called Don Hatting's Quick Trip back then. And he had the icing machine because that was always the big deal. Man, if you got a couple of bucks and you could go down and get a pack of the uh, baseball card bubble gum, oh, a pack of baseball cards with the bubble gum in it and an icy, oh, your day was made, man. That was fantastic. Be huge. 877-867-1670. Good for you, though. Get yourself an icy machine. Who is the, uh, the, the Ben, are you, you've done the uh, research on this? Yeah, I put the big J hat on. You're talking about World Series teams that really don't have any position players make the All-Star game. The 2014 San Francisco Giants, when they won that third one in that, what, five-year span, they did not have a single position player start the All-Star game. The only one they had as a reserve was Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence was the only one. Wow. But then you go to the pitching staff, they had Baumgartner, Tim Hudson was on that team. But still, that's only three total. They had uh, mm-hmm. next to none. Because that year, you would think Buster Posey. But Yadi Molina made it that year. You had Luke Roy from the Brewers make it yeah. as a reserve. So, yeah, they, they had nobody pretty much make that all-star game. Wow. Didn't realize that. So they were the, they, the Giants were the last team to do it. So it can be done is what you're saying. So it can be done. Correct, but uh, not the easiest thing in the world to do. Hmm. 877-867-1670. So as good as that team was, maybe what we do is we look at the comparison of, say, team batting average, team OPS, and team ERA. Well, I can confidently say that team wasn't that good until they got to the playoffs and they had some weird magic. That was just a weird stretch. That's what I'm saying. So sometimes... Do I think as we sit here today that the Brewers are the favorite to win the World Series? No. Okay, for two reasons. One is, I don't know, and I don't think as of right now, they could get past the uh, the Dodgers, okay? And secondly, New York, the Yankees, they're blowing away everybody. I mean, everybody. They are 53-20. and 20. Just like, you know, Tampa Bay going into this series tomorrow night, Tampa Bay's eight games over 500. They're 40 and 32. The Brewers are 42 and 33. The Brewers would be a game ahead of Tampa Bay if they were playing in the American League East, but the Brewers would be 11 games behind the Yankees if they were playing the American League East. They'd be out of the postseason when it comes to the American League East. They were not going to win the American League East. They could still possibly make it in as a wild card, but they're not going to win the American League East if they were playing in the East right now. They would have a legit shot at winning the East in the National League and the West in the National League. Probably be uh, right there in the American League West and right there in the American League Central. But if they were playing in the American League East, they'd be, they'd be down by 11 games already. So do I think the Brewers have a legitimate shot at getting to a World Series? I think it's probably uh, 60-40 they won't. 
and I certainly don't think they can win it all. If I had to sit right now and say that the you know the Yankees most likely are going to be the team to win it, if you had to be a betting person, but like you said, they just the the Giants got hot at the right time. You got to be good, you got to be lucky, you got to be healthy, and you got to get hot. And just let's hope the Brewers stay healthy and get hot at the right time, because God knows the last couple of times we've seen them in the postseason. Go back even to the uh, the year that uh, they faced L.A. in the NLCS. The bats just went quiet. I mean, like, good night type of quiet. So, you know, whether or not uh, they get hot at the right time, we'll have to wait and see. I'm trying to find whether this Giants team was good at bunting to see if that was the thing that (laughs) propelled them over the top. Oh, you just keep sticking a dagger in the conversation, don't you? You just, you go after it. You're like a guy creeping around the house in the middle of the night. And just whenever you happen to walk down the hall, you're just going to reach out and go, gotcha, and stab you right in the leg just to prove you're there. And then you're going to run away. <laughs> and then you run away just to kind of do it again later on down the road. Oh, you're I found it. Uh, 45 sacrifice bunts throughout that year. The <laughs> 45. Brewers, the Brewers this year, according to baseball reference. Now, keep in mind, this is without pitchers hitting and pitchers mm-hmm. probably accounted for most of it. Uh, the Brewers have won. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show coming back. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you are looking for a getaway and they are doing a big bash on the island up in Pembine for the 4th of July, let's just say you're not going to the races, whether it's uh, Xfinity or NASCAR, maybe you are. Maybe you're going to then head up afterwards. Uh, regardless, uh, go to the Four Seasons Island Resort. It is spectacular. It's it, This time of year is great. Uh, they're going to do the island is going to have a big uh, 4th of July fireworks display. They're going to have special food. They're going to have special drinks. They're going to have all kinds of good stuff. That's at the Four Seasons Island Resort on the Moscato Island up in Pembine, Wisconsin. And the best part about it, listen up. They still have a few rooms available. And if you go, you want to book online, great. But you you go to the promo code BillMichaels15. BillMichaels15. Okay? Or you call up there, 715-324-5800. Say the same thing, BillMichaels15. Heard about it on the Bill Michaels Show. That's the only way you're going to get the discount. Bill Michaels 15. And they're going to give you the actual discount right then and there. Or you get a hold of our girl Barb up there. But again, 715-324-5800. Bill Michaels 15. Head up to the island. You can golf. You can rent a pontoon. You can rent a kayak. You can take some of the waterfall tours. You can check out the fireworks. You can check out the great food in the diamond room. Head downstairs to the Boundary Waters, whatever it happens to be, whatever your heart desires. Head out in the area up there. Go into Peshtigo, about 45, 50 minutes away. Go into Peshtigo. Go to Forgotten Fire Winery, one of our good sponsors, and then head back and enjoy a bottle of wine in your room later that night. Whatever it happens to be, for the Four Seasons Island Resort. The Four Seasons Island Resort, 715-324-5800, right there on the Muscano Island in the Muscano River up in Pembine, Wisconsin. And make sure you tell them Bill Michaels 15. Bill Michaels 15. Don't forget about it. Bill Michaels 15. That's from our good friends. A story from last week that uh, we did not really get into, but 
Uh, I thought it was interesting because it was brought up, and I don't want to say the company name. Uh, I, I don't want to get into the company because I don't, I don't know if this particular employee wanted me to mention it or not. But um, the Brewers, uh, according to the report and according, according to Rick Schlesinger, the Brewers president of business operations, said that uh, ticket sales are down because their group season ticket sales, group ticket sales are down this year. Part of the reason why, he said, was because a lot of companies, employees are now working remotely. So companies have not brought everybody back into the office. They have figured out ways to allow people to work from home. As long as you're getting your work done, a lot, a lot of companies just say, hey, if you, if you want to do it and stay home, do it and stay home. They feel that whatever productive work environment it is you need to be the best, that's what they're going to do. A lot of companies are starting to figure this out, and you're starting to see these, these giant business offices. Uh, I'm not going to say abandoned, but no longer necessary, so to speak, I guess. Uh, but the big group outings for a lot of these companies, the sales have fallen off. Well, the only reason I bring it up is because uh, James, and again, I won't say which company James works for, but he works for a company, and I've heard of this company. It's a rather large company uh, based in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. He said, uh, he read the story, said, we are not going because the brewers will not allow us to see their games. Our company has said we'd rather go to Twins games than Brewers games because we can get Twins games here. I I wonder, and again, this goes back to what we've talked about, that you're kind of hurting yourself. If you don't allow, uh, because he said we used to go to two events a year. We'd all get buses and head down to American Family Field, then Miller Park, uh, to watch a couple of Brewers games. We're a lot of Brewers fans out, out uh, on the western portion of the state. He says, but no more. Our company has decided to go to Twins games because we get Twins games here in the area. We do not get the Brewers games. You wonder how much the Brewers are hurting themselves by cutting off a, a good portion of the state from being able to see the game unless, of course, you have Spectrum. And even then, I don't know what, like in Wausau and in Marshfield and in Eau Claire and such, I don't know what you do and you don't get. So I couldn't honestly tell you. But uh, I, I do find it interesting that companies have said, you know what, we can't see it, not going to do it. We can't see it, not going to do it. So, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. But yeah, that was announced last week uh, when Rick Schlesinger had met with the Milwaukee Press Club and just said that the uh, the group sales, group ticket sales, are down, and they believe it's because a lot of companies are allowing their employees to work remotely and from home. And uh, this, you know. This particular email says, no, it's because we can't see the games out in the western portion of the state. So the two bus events that they would bring each and every year, he said, are not happening because they're going to Twins games now. Because you can't see Brewers games in the western portion of the state. Uh, so there you go. I wonder. So not only do you not have people continuously seeing Brewers games, and so you're not seeing the commercials that are being advertised. And now it's affecting your ticket sales. I wonder if at some point, some kind of a negotiation or a, a meeting of the minds and meeting in the middle of all of this allows people in the western portion of the state. I mean, again, I don't know that all the companies are doing this. I only know the one and the gentleman that sent us the email 
that says their company's no longer going to Brewers games because they can't see the games. So interesting, though. So not only do you cut yourself out of the advertising for those that who do or do not see Valley's games, but now you're actually hurting your ticket sales because of it as well. Think about that. Interesting. Two hours down, two hours yet to go on this beautiful Monday. Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Got a lot more to get to. We have not even talked about really the story of the weekend. And no, it was not Lord Stanley's Cup. And I've got a controversy regarding that as well. So there you go. We got a lot happening. Just because we're halfway through the show doesn't mean it's even coming close to being halfway over. Oh, nay, nay. Nay, nay. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.